Market forces and random events have conspired against me to make the success of my incubator all but impossible. Functionally, all I've really achieved is running a flop house where guys have shat, jerked off, and paid me no rent. Welcome to Something Crunchy, the Valley's number one comedy entertainment podcast. Biscuit is homies with Blake. Blake is the older brother of Blair. And Blair is married to Biscuit. Here are your hosts, Colin Blake with Blair and Tyler Dressel. Welcome to Something Crunchy. I'm Kellen Blake. With me as always, Blair and Tyler Dresser. Thank you for joining us by way of 97.3 The Rattler, or wherever you get your podcast. We have an incredibly crunchy guest joining us tonight. He's an actor, writer, producer, and stand-up comedian who you've seen in Silicon Valley, Deadpool 1 and 2, Office Christmas Party, Ready Player 1, and he'll be back in the desert performing at Stand Up Live Friday, June 23rd, and Saturday the 24th. Please welcome DJ Miller. <laughs> How you guys do? I love that you got a great radio voice. It. <laughs> I wanted to bring up on the air how funny it was when I said it's a family affair, and you guys said, "Well, we can you can say whatever you want. Feel free to cuss or whatever you want to do." And right as I was about to say, "Well, it's a family affair, but it's not fucking family friendly." <laughs> uh, there was a young kid trying to get into the hotel door, and he didn't have a key. <laughs> So I had to let him in and, you know, tell him it's okay, help him open the door. And so he really fucked up my timing. <laughs> Fucking little shit. Uh, yeah, I'm so excited to come to hot, hot, sunny Phoenix in the summer. I'm catching it before July and August when people's brains start to melt. Yeah. Yes. Arizona is the only place that I've ever sweat at night. <laughs> and the first time it happened, it was so bizarre because I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. Because you don't think, if it's dark out and there's a full moon high in the sky, you don't sweat. That's kind of how, like, Earth works in the inhabitable parts of it where humans live. And so I just, I hadn't even thought of it. And so it's, it's like 11 p.m. or 11.30 p.m. It's very much the night. And I'm talking to this guy and my eyes start burning. And I'm like, what is going on? I, hadn't, I don't think I had smoked weed yet. And I was like... Okay, well, this is kind of weird. And then they kind of kept burning, and I was, like, rubbing them. And then suddenly I noticed that my hands were wet on the backs of them. And I was like, what is going on? Is it raining? It can't be raining this late at night. And in Phoenix, it never rains. And then I, like, touched my forehead, and I was sopping wet. It was just drenched in sweat. Mm -hmm. And I go, what is happening? And I looked at the – and it was 111 degrees at night. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yes. If a if a sauna is 111 degrees, you don't really stay in it that long. That's kind of you know that that would be something where you'd get out in five minutes. I've been standing out there. So to me, Arizona is so bizarre and interesting, and uh, I'm excited to come back. I have this whole chunk on guns that I only do in Arizona. Only <laughs> if, I, if I did it, dude. If I did this. If I did this material in like Seattle, I would be arrested. We would like, hit the same. Decent, it would be the decency codes of Lenny Bruce in the fucking fifties. It is so absolutely is not Republican, but it is so absolutely against the stuff that you know these sort of fake arguments and all this stuff that, that come out against guns. I I, have, I don't have politics about it. I don't do political humor or anything like that. 
but I simply just say something that only Arizonans seem to understand, which is I'm like, I just feel like everybody who rails about guns and against guns and take everyone's guns away, we don't need guns. I just, I wish right after they like yelled and did that argument, they had to shoot a machine gun because it is so fun and you feel so amazing. It is fun. It is. Huge smile. You leave with this huge smile on your face and you can't, I feel like it should be a requirement. And if I do that anywhere else, I've tried it. Everyone's like, you're a bad person. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to be around you Our gun-friendly oh, audience here in the wild, yeah. wild west is going to be that. so receptive yeah. to that. They're going to go nuts. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. They love it every time I talk about it. So I, I love Arizona. And I'm one of these guys that, you know, when I go to, I go to every state. I like, except for Alaska, that's dangerous. Um, and I, I don't know what's going on up there. I, I talked to one guy in Alaska. I did play once. And he goes, I said, what do you think about living in Alaska? And he stopped for a second. He went, hmm. And he said, everyone in Alaska is either running from something or they're hiding from something. Yeah. And, then he just, and then he continued to drive in silence. And I was like, okay, I'm, I got to get out of here. I'm out of here. Love oh, that answer. And that's also the place I went to. Fair, there's a famous um, uh, room in uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, which is like a much smaller place in Anchorage. And it was called the Blue Loon. And like Snoop Dogg had played it. And all these like famous huge acts had played it because it's such a good room. So the day before I was in Anchorage, I played Chilkoot Charlie's, which is one of those really classy places where bras are hanging from the ceiling and there's sawdust on the floor and people sit on barrels. Very so, cosmopolitan. Yeah, yeah after right, cosmopolitan, that's the word I was looking for. And uh, I had too many syllables for me to remember it. And so I... So after that, me and my buddy Cash Levy, who I have a podcast that everybody should listen to and subscribe to if they enjoyed it. It's called Cashing In with TJ Miller. Oh, yeah. And it's host Cash Levy, who I um, I think is one of the funniest people working today. He has an interview show called Cashing In. And he just has a really, as he has a tough time getting guests. I don't know if he's not well liked in the scene or something, <laughs> but so... I've been the only guest on the podcast for seven years. So it's a really, really fun one. And you get to know a lot about me, a lot about him. But it's totally, it's a completely absurdist thing. It's so fun. But he was up there with me at Chilku Charlie's. And after that, we were like, oh my God, we don't want to do Fairbanks. What is Fairbanks going to be like? You know? And my agent called me like almost at that moment. And he said, oh, you guys, this, the venue in Fairbanks is on fire. And I was like, I've heard it's good, but you think it's so good. It's just, it's on fire. And he goes, no, literally, oh. it's on fire right oh. now. Oh. And I was like, what? And it was on fire. And no. so the blue loon burned down the day oh. before we were supposed to play it. No. And so what I did was I went up there and we went to this, you know, pioneer recreation thing that had a theater is the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> and uh, I did the show and then I gave like, I think half of the proceeds to the people who owned the Blue Loon to help them like rebuild it and try and get it back and moving. Cause it was like the pride of Fairbanks, Alaska. Oh, that's cool. But I, I play every single, I'd say almost every single state. And I love going all over the country. And I've got people in New York and California who are just like, oh my God, what's Arizona like? Aren't they crazy there? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, they're okay. It's like, well, what do you even do there? What what can you talk to them about? And I just, I'm oh my God. Like, I know, just, the, just the things that you would talk to anybody about. Like they're not, it's not like you go into a red state or a more red state and suddenly they're just like rapidly shooting each other. And if you mention anything except for Donald Trump, 
So it's like, it's really nice to go to this, the, the states that are just like, I mean, you guys are really out there in Arizona, but it's really, really fun. And it ain't nothing but a good time. So it I'm is excited. really fun. Stand Up Live is supposed to be amazing. And yeah. we are a purple state now. And half of us. Yeah, that's right. I was saying Phoenix is probably not at all. Not at state. all. And California is moving over here. It's half Californians in Arizona. If you want to know what it's is like it? outside no. of Arizona. I yeah. want to apologize it's... to you guys about that. <laughs> <laughs> not that I represent California. I, I live in New York City, but uh, I want to apologize for the amount of Californians that are invading <laughs> your space. When you tour, do you like to go out and explore the city you're in, or do you go straight to the hotel after you're set, David Spade style? <laughs> I love that he does have that reputation, um, which also Michael Jordan did that. Yes, he I, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like to explore the city. I'm kind of now a little too... It's weird. My like celebrity and fame is sort of... I, I talk about this in the show, like the different levels of fame, because I think it's really interesting. When I first kind of started to become famous, you can't really go out because people want a picture with you and they just don't respect your space or anything like that. So then I, I used to go to bars after the, you know, and just go party after the shows. And so then that kind of stopped, you know? And then now I'm sort of entering a phase where people don't really ask to take pictures anymore because they think it's disrespectful. You've reached I mean, that level of fame nice. where it's the, we don't yeah. want to bother you. I'm not quite, I'm not quite at the, Hey, I hate to interrupt, um, and I'm not quite at the not taking pictures with you ever, but I am at the level where sometimes I'll introduce myself, and they'll go, no, no, I know who you are. I just didn't want to, you know, mention it or be, make it weird or anything. <laughs> so last night we went to a cigar bar because the guy I'm working with it was his 40th birthday, which is really exciting. We used to be in a comedy group in college. Actually, we like met in college. He, he's a writer for the Daily Show now, and. Um, oh. And so, which he hates. And so, um, <laughs> because of the Californian type people that are invading mm. uh, Arizona. And, um, and so he's, uh, he, I, I took him out to a cigar bar last night. And now, you know, if I find the right, like, vibe, it's really fun. Because, you know, you maybe get one drunk kid who's like, hey, I'll just show me and take a shot with me. <laughs> and then you sort of deal with that. You got to deal with that. And then you can kind of move on to the other stuff and places sort of, you know, cause I don't get out of the shows until like midnight places sort of will stay open. And, and that's really nice because then they kind of clear everybody else out and you can just sort of chill and listen to your music and stuff. So that's what I do. I'm not yet at like go home right away to the hotel famous, like David's bed, you know? <laughs> okay. So you'll go out and uh, hang out a bit. Yeah. And what I love to do of course, it's during the day. I love to like hear, like, I want to know from you guys, like, what's the cool craft brewery? And like, what's the Phoenix food that you kind of can't miss out on? And then I hit art museums usually because my wife is a artist. She's an installation artist. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Kate. Very famous in the South of, thank you. She's going to appreciate that. Um, she's very famous in the South of France. And uh, yeah, people should follow her. She's Rose Petal Pistol on uh, Instagram. Definitely. And, uh, and so I like to hit an art museum to see if there's any installation art or anything worth kind of talking to her about. And I just, I like art. Otherwise, I wouldn't have married an artist. We do get the I would have married a, a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> a daytime stripper. Of course. Let me make that clear, Tyler. All right. It would be a daytime to end the shift at around 4.30 type of strip. Okay. Okay. Breakfast buffet, Tyler. Okay. You know what I'm talking All about. All you can eat, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. you. 
Okay. <laughs> Smoked a pack of cigarettes by 8 a.m. That's what I'm talking about. That's right. Now you're, now you're talking about language. Cultured Michigan export. Grew up on a horse farm. Now she's a toast of Manhattan. Uh, so, yeah. But I want to hear, like, what would you guys say? What is the, you know, what's the, um, what's, what's the cool brewery? Where are the spots that I should hit? Pizza Bianco in your area by the venue down oh, there. Wait a second. I've heard about this. Yeah, it's because good. I said, I talked to David Angelo today. I go, hey, wait, you know, I'm going out there. And because he said, what's the best food in each region? I was going through them. And I said, but I, you know, I stopped eating pizza because everyone in every state, every city is like, oh, the best pizza you'll ever have. It's the best pizza. And then they'll say, oh, really? They'll say like, yeah, it's the mellow, the mellow mushroom. Oh, oh come on! Chain, no, what are you talking about? Bell? And I and then I said, he goes, wait, aren't you going to Phoenix though? I said, yeah. He goes, dude, there's this pizza place that's like nationally ran, yep. and it's Pizza Bianco. Is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah, it's uh, near the downtown area. You'll you'll be able to find it on foot. And it's supposed to be amazing, right? Isn't he? Is he from Brooklyn? I don't know his story. Um, yeah, I don't know his story either. I've heard Chris Bianco. Whatever. Is that Who the cares? name? And for food wise, it's either Mexican food or steakhouses. But for where you are, that's yeah. definitely the right choice. Yeah, Mexican food, El Encanto and Cave Creek. And then number one brewery. Um, I mean, there's like El Santan Encanto. and like Chandler. Yeah, but... that's kind of out there. Oh, so it's pretty good, but yeah, kind of local. Kind of local. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for like the downtown Phoenix. And we'll get back to you on all that the time. One. We'll get back to you on that. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. If you guys will get back to me on that one, that that's really. That's what's fun, you know. That's yeah. what I think is interesting. Well, it's cool. You like to go out and about, though. And there are a lot of the immersive art experiences out here, at least that come through Phoenix. Yeah. We do get a lot of those. Those are typically pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I'll be <clears throat> kind of looking out for something like that. But for that's sure. really the deal. And then, you know, the other thing is right now, I should be doing more of this, but there is some sort of hotel time because I just, I just had a special drop uh, called Dear Jonah. And then I have two more specials in the can, one called the Philosophy Circus, and the other is called um, the other is called the Gentle Giant. And and then I also filmed a special in Spokane, Washington, a special in Springfield, Missouri, and then one in San Francisco, in fact, where I make fun of San Francisco because they deserve it. <laughs> and, uh, and that's really fun. But like the Springfield special is um, all crowd work. It's like completely like, you know, it's like 45 minutes or an hour of that's crowd awesome. work, but I cut it down. It gets cut down to, you know, whatever it is, 27 or 37 minutes. And then it's really funny because the Spokane, Washington thing is, uh, it's like, I do like 45 minutes just on Spokane and it's so ridiculous because if you don't live there, you don't really get the references. Yeah, that's challenging. <laughs> but, the reason, but the reason I did it is I did this show in Chanute, Kansas, and I just did material on Chanute, Kansas. <laughs> um, that, and, and I thought it was so funny and they put it online. And like years and years and years later, it had a lot of hits. Like, I don't know how many hits, but like a lot. and these guys started not guys just people would come up to me after certain shows like every few weeks or something and they would be like oh man you know what i loved you deadpool it's a, and your stand-up show is great tonight but i love that chanute kansas show now you say it chanute is it chanute or chanute and i'm like what why and he's like so funny and i said to this one guy i go 
but you don't know anything about Shadoos, right? <laughs> like, like, why do you care? Just, like, it's so many references. And he goes, that's what's so funny. You have no frame of reference for this. And you're just like laying. And so I realized that like, you don't have, it's like um, when uh, Cat Williams did a special where the first like fucking 10 minutes or something are just on Jacksonville, Florida. Cause that's where he takes the special. And it's like, nobody knows about Jacksonville. Nobody's from there who lives anywhere else. Like it's, it's like, so that just, and I always thought that was so funny. So the Spokane thing is really fun because nobody really knows about it, but they are like, they have a drinking problem as a city. And <laughs> In large. It's, it's bad, oh, oh, it's so funny. I mean, the funniest thing about them is that every business at the very end of the name, it says that they have alcohol. So it'll be like, raise pizza and wine. Then another place will be like, burgers, beers, crafts, and brews. And I'm like, aren't those the same words for the one thing? And then they actually have a place called Soups and Spirits. Can you imagine? It's like super salad. Oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of so things they, could happen And they there. don't think that's weird. None of them think that's strange. They're like, come on in for a vodka tonic and a New England clam chowder. What the fuck is going on? So that's. So that's that's hilarious. So that that's a really fun one too. And so these are like multi-camera, you know, and also interacting with the um, the audience. And I kind of realized because I riff so much and improvise so much and do a lot of crowd work that it's just like that's kind of what I need to clip up and put out there. And that's sort of what that kind of really is my forte. It is like, your forte. Yeah, that's that's your best stuff. Yeah, on on Joe Rogan, like. Um, Ari Shafir and Mark Norman and Shane Gillis, I call them the white guy mafia, uh, <laughs> were all on there and um, and they just said the nicest thing. They were just like, you can get on stage with nothing, just empty gun holsters. I always bring it back to guns. And, um, <laughs> and, and just go on forever. And it's kind of true. It's like my background is as an improviser. And I just consider the audience my scene partner, kind of. And then it's just mostly improvising about where I am and what happened to me that day. I just got back from a world tour. Let's be honest, mostly Europe. And because uh, what am I going to do? Go to Beijing? Why would I do that? Why, why would I when I'm head over to St. Petersburg and see what the fuck is going on? With that? Oh, it's so funny. It's so great to live in a world where you can openly just hate Russian people. And uh, and so what I would do is I would get there the day before, sometimes the day of, which is a bummer. But I get there the day before, and I would just. Um, learn about the country and talk to the people and sort of see about and try and understand the culture. And I just go on stage and like riff for 20 minutes about it. And they couldn't believe it. Like Swedish people were like, how, how the fuck did you learn about Stockholm Swedish about? And, you know, I said, well, look, that's kind of what I do. And it was crazy. Like I went to Estonia and I'd never been to Estonia. I didn't know where it was for God's sake. And <laughs> they were really, really funny, but I talked to some people there and I just, I would ask them, so what do you like about Estonia? And it was almost always the same thing. But it's very beautiful here. You know, it's beautiful everywhere. Everywhere here is beautiful. <laughs> and I said, what don't you like about Estonia? And everybody would go, well, nobody, nobody care about 
you or anything about you. They don't have emotion for people. They don't care if you live or die. But it's very beautiful. <laughs> Everywhere, very beautiful. <laughs> live or die. And, oh yeah. And I mean, that's what they would say. <laughs> they really were like, nobody has any emotions. No one cares about each other. Like, it's it's very, very strange there. Wow. And so it was really fun. And like in Norway, <laughs> for some reason, I'm very famous in Norway. Yeah. And you, you have to kind of figure out how to navigate that. The culture doesn't laugh very loud. Like if in America, if you think something's really funny, you laugh like this. You go, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the oh God. <laughs> and the exact, the exact same level of laughter in Oslo, Norway is this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. ah, you're killing That's all you get. That's so it's hard to you know get. when you're tearing up a room <laughs> yeah i mean really if you get like chuckles throughout you're fucking killing Rocking. <laughs> yeah and so you know that that was really interesting but it was a grinding tour it was 15 cities in 13 wow. countries in 21 days when I where I did 21 shows. So I averaged yeah. one show each day and I went and that was really crazy. And then we ended in Lisbon, Portugal, which was really fun. They were really fun. Greece is really fun, but they clap every time they laugh. Let me repeat that just so we all can understand <laughs> how bizarre that is. They're like, oh, you got applause breaks. That's great. You know? <laughs> No, every time they laugh, they clap. So it fucks with your timing because you're like, da, 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 and you say something that's kind of funny, and they're like, <laughs> you're missing the punchline. Like, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. So anyway, I thought, ah! <laughs> so it's just, it, that was too much. But we ended in uh, Lisbon, and Kate came and met me. She was in South France. And uh, then we went from there to Madrid. And then Kate, we had her birthday in Rome, in Italy. And I got to tell you guys, it was so fun. But I kind of missed the tour. Like, I just, I adore the grind. I love performing. It's so fun. And stand-up is just like, I mean, you've heard it from everybody. But it's like, it's so addictive. And it's so nice to kind of see people laugh. And you can tell you get to look at them as they're laughing and you can tell they're not thinking about anything. They're not worried about what happened today. Yeah. The people that had a fight on the way over in the car, that couple is not pissed at anybody or anything like that. And there's really very few things as gratifying as that. So like already I'm psyched and I'm in um, wherever I am. Rhode Island, that's where I am. <laughs> in Providence, Rhode Island right now, playing a club because it's just awesome. And the audience, and thank God for American audiences. I was telling them that last night. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, that's a great perspective. And it's really cool that you get to do it worldwide. And I've heard you say how in general yeah. an audience comes to see you and not necessarily the material. And you said that in your case, you have a quality that comes off in film and television where you'd be a really fun person to hang out with in real life. One, that's 100% true. Uh, but were there any actors or comedians when you were coming up that you felt that way about or that inspired you to get into comedy? Whoa, someone did their research and prepared a question. <laughs> uh, that's really exciting, man. This is good stuff. Um, you should have a show. I'm serious. <laughs> um, so I think I'm not fucking around, man. You so, said it. Um, it's true. So I think what 
um, I think kind of in, in the sense of what you're talking about, I think I really always loved Nick Swordson. Uh-huh. I just Nick thought Swardson. he was so funny and he made me laugh so hard. And he also seemed like a dude you want to fucking drink with yeah. and yeah. party with. And you know that he's going to have funny stuff to say and he's going to kind of fuck with the waitress, but she'll <laughs> love it. And he's going to end up taking his shirt off and like, you know, proposing marriage to somebody in the room. Like you just, at the bar, you know. And so I think that he had that vibe. And I was like that. Because like Steve Martin was one of my biggest influences. And you never were like, I'd love to have dinner with that guy. It's just, that wasn't his deal. And that was just so weird. That's um, true. But for that particular energy, I think, yeah, you know. And I, I met Steve Martin. I did this table read. He wanted me to do this thing. And I just said to him, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you you're a huge part of the reason I'm into the comedy, um, that I got into comedy. I introduced myself. I was like, oh, no, I know who you are. I mean, obviously, it was very funny. That was like one of the hugest moments of my life. Um, right awesome. next to yeah. when, um, right next to when Kate uh, did an impression of me, and it was spot on. Oh. It involved like, <laughs> like grill or something. And uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I think, I think that that's the difference. He was very severe, you know. Whereas when I met Nick Swartzen for the first time in Los Angeles, he's like, "Hey, man!" He just sidled up to the bar with me. And just started talking to me and he said, Oh, that guy in New York, I know him. He's like, he's so weird to me. And this, and he like was like, let's do a shot. You know, we'll both do shots. And it was so funny. And then he, t- he, he took me out to dinner once at a sushi place and it was so fun. And he kind of just openly talked about his life. And I've been doing this since I was 18 and like this, and this about Adam Sandler. And I think that is a really important part of my standup. And the reason that I've been successful in film and television is that it really is kind of me. And I really am a like kind, friendly, fun guy to hang out with who kind of doesn't really give a fuck about anything, which is always a good time and fun to be around. <laughs> and and really just want everybody to be happy. I mean, I, I play different parts in movies um, and television, but the the character that's the closest to me is clay from office christmas party really that and that was really that was really smart of steven spielberg to do because he figured you know this kid almost everything i've done is because of steven spielberg so you know other people judd apatow sort of props them up like um uh like pete holmes and amy schumer right bill hey you know all those people he's kind of Seth Rogen, and I was really never in that crew. That's a big thing for me I've discovered in my life is I'm usually on the outside looking in. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's like I don't quite fit or I don't give a fuck and people take that as like arrogance or something or I'm just too, I I don't really have a lot of theories on that. But I never fell in with the Apatow crew, but Steven Spielberg put me in my first television show, Carpoolers. and then he did How to Train Your Dragon, Transformers for Age of Extinction. He's a producer on that. He gave notes on Cloverfield. He directed and put me in um, uh, Ready Player One. He Jeez. wrote a part for me in that. So he bought the first movie pitch that I had ever done that was like a really good idea for a movie. So 
he like he's been behind the scenes the whole time. He's like my great expectations puppet master. That's awesome. And then it's <laughs> a good one. Isn't to that have. crazy? Yeah. <clears throat> Fuck yeah. And what we've all realized, and I'm sure you guys know this, is I'm a commercial artist. I'm not really like an indie film like actor guy. You know, I'm not like chasing awards and shit. Oh, I'm sort of a the, commercial the most, artist. Yeah. The, yeah. The most indie I get, if you even call it indie, is Mike Judge. He's the most like off the grid type of guy that I do. And then Silicon Valley became this huge, like Beavis and Butthead level fucking yeah, thing. Because yeah. he's a genius. And he's so amazing. Um, but outside of that, I mostly do commercial art, which is why Andy Warhol is a huge influence of mine. Um, it's like him and the Marx Brothers and W.C. Fields. And I guess uh, Steve Martin also. But I really like commercial stuff because I like making a lot of people laugh. And I don't like talking down to people. And so I'm willing to do what elitists say is pandering, like the emoji movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> we all know that, boy, the internet really tore that apart. That was so funny. All these people are writing like, TJ is such an idiot. Why would he ever do the emoji movie? Blah, blah. You left Silicon Valley to do the emoji movie and so on. And I'm like, dude, hey, keyboard warriors, this isn't for you. We, this is for kids ages four to eleven. It's like legit one parents, of our kids' favorite like, movies. And 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 it's for them and their parents who are sick of their fucking yelling and just are like, <laughs> okay, I'm putting this movie on, just watch this. That's like what we did the emoji movie for. So it always really makes me laugh when people like try and tear apart stuff that I've done, which isn't very often because I've been fortunate to be in almost exclusively great stuff. But it's it's an, I just really, but I am an emoji movie type of guy because I want kids to laugh and I want parents to not have to feel like they're suffering through some shitty kids movie. Right. No, so I try and make it as funny as I can. Yeah. It's so like I did a pass on the emoji movie and we, you know, I rewrote stuff and then did a lot of improvisation. Cause I was like, if the parents are going to have to watch it like a hundred times, yes, because that's what little do. kids want to do. <laughs> then I hope, I hope that it's funny. And then I have some lines in there where the parents are like, Oh God, this guy's fucking so he's ridiculous. <laughs> so that, that's kind of, that's what I'm interested in. Like the next movie, the movie that I'm working on right now, and it's going to star in it and all that stuff is another Christmas movie because I'm more like Santa Claus than Nicolas Cage in Leaving Las Vegas or something, uh, <laughs> which was a huge, important movie. I mean, you know, it's like one of my favorite movies. But that's what's really interesting to me. And I am probably going to do, yeah, I am going to do sort of a self sort of pretty, like small financiers, like a very small, really like inexpensive, you know, more of a character piece. It's like a period piece about the pandemic. And and I think I'm gonna make that a feature. I'm gonna do a short with it. It's actually a series, but um, but it you know, and that will be smaller, and that is gonna be submitted to festivals. And so I am going to do that. But I just had this idea that was just not expensive at all. It was like insane to me when I came up with it. And it's it's about uh, it's about it's actually about movie culture when the pandemic hit, and then when they first opened up theaters and nobody was going oh that's a great idea and so yeah it's really interesting because what and the reasons i <laughs> i went to a, a movie in salt lake city like right when they opened the movie theaters back up which i think was actually summer 2020 i think when it was like getting so bad economically um 
that they just had to do it. I walked in there and there was no one there. There was no one working in the movie theater. And I was like, hello? It was like <laughs> um, a 30 screen megaplex. Hello? 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 <laughs> and I, just, I was like, okay, I guess no one's here. So I bought a ticket from the kiosk and I saw a woman, the only, the only person working there was trying to explain the confessions to an elderly couple. I didn't want to interrupt. So I scanned my own ticket, okay? And then went in to watch the movie by myself. And it was this great movie. It was called uh, like The Late Shift or Last Shift or something. It's fucking an amazing movie. Yeah, it's oh so good. It's about a guy who's quitting uh, who had worked at this like McDonald's for like 50 years or something, basically. And then a young black kid is getting his job. And it's about their relationship. And it's it's beyond fascinating. It's Whoa. so well done. Um, but so I watched it and it was so magical. It reminded me of like how important going to a movie is and to see a movie that size and scope. And it was a small movie, it was a character piece, you know. And um, and so this this movie that I'm gonna do is kind of about that moment in movie history and in, in, in film culture. Um, Love so I'm excited about that. But that's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Awesome. Yeah. It is crazy it all so the much. directors that you've worked with. Uh, you mentioned your relationship with Spielberg and product Mike Judge. I'm curious, if they made a movie about your life and you got to choose between Steven Spielberg, Michael Bay, or Michael Judge to direct it, who would you choose? Well, how commercially successful do I want it to be? <laughs> am, I, am I doing it to make a lot of money? Yeah, you get points on the back. You're, you're doing the truth it. Of TJ. You're doing it for authenticity. Um, I, you know, I think that's a pretty interesting toss-up because I might. I'm trying to make. I'm trying. I'm trying to make a movie with Michael Bay. That's what I'm trying to do right now. Okay. I'd like to make a movie with with the Russo brothers, um, because I think they're amazing. But yeah. they're like. They're getting it's it's really big for them right now. It's a billion dollar studio. It's it's a lot, you know. It's like a mega lot. Um, but so I am interested in making a film with Michael Bay, and I think for authenticity's sake. But here's the thing. So for who I am, Steven Spielberg basically was like, "You're like Santa Claus," and so we're gonna put you in this movie. And you're going to be kind of this guy who wants to save the company, wants everybody to have a good time. It's just kind of an innocent, you know, and um, and he, and he was really smart to do that because now people watch that every year, and so they're kind of reminded of that, which I think is really interesting. Absolutely. Um, and that was that was done on purpose, completely. Um, and in this next movie, I sort of I return kind of as sort of a santa claus figure not like actually santa claus but that's and that i think is that's the thing that i want to do next is sort of another version of that guy so in a way this movie that we're making is it's an, it would be an allegory or something but it is about me and kind of who i am and how um misunderstood i've been and how hard it is to be sort of different but special in some ways and in other ways 
you know, I mean, I had, I had a, an AVM, I, I had a brain right. malformation and I had that removed in 2010 after doing Yogi Bear 3D every, I know that's your favorite movie, sure but is. I don't want to talk about it. People come to me and say, I want you, I want to tell you, Yogi Bear 3D is my favorite movie. And I'm like, well, what do you think about Ready Player One? I don't want to talk about that, TJ. I want to talk about Yogi Bear 3D and how it's my favorite movie in the world and how you're the best. I'm like, I know I give myself an award for it. A critic strikes me. So right after that, I got, um, I had a brain hemorrhage and I started to narrate my own behavior and just actually physically go crazy. Yeah. Like chemically in my brain, I was going heart. crazy. Uh, it wasn't at the time because you think that you're an elevated mind and you've moved to the next level and that's what happens to brilliant people and you get obsessed with entanglement puzzles, but you're pretty good at them. So you're like, okay, this is absolutely happening. And then you invite two girls from chat roulette who live in Liverpool to come on set just to be everybody's friend. And they come and it's like this incredible experience for them. And the whole crew is like, Oh my God, this now we have completely fresh eyes here that think that this movie is magical. And so they stopped being jaded. And Anna Ferris is like absolutely obsessed with how crazy you are. So all that's really fun, you know. <laughs> uh, there's the you know, the um the not sleeping at all and kind of racing thoughts and narrating your own behavior and conversations. Uh that's you know, a little tiring. Um, but the, anyway, that hemorrhage, and then I had uh, a surgery to remove a golf ball sized piece of my right Jeez. frontal lobe. Oh. And, you know, that's a pretty big part of the story because I have always been manic since I was a kid. But after the operation, the mania has been very difficult to manage in some ways. And so, and I have, I've always had, but I have a battery of mental health professionals that see to it that I kind of don't go crazy, but that I can still do what I do and still create and make people laugh. And because they all believe in me, they all kind of <sighs> that makes me want to cry. They all really believe in me and they're like, we can help. So I have a neuropsychologist and a psychiatrist and a, you know, a, a temperance counselor and a neurologist. And, a, and I have all these people that are responsible for keeping me alive. They're, they're responsible to keep me alive and keep me sane and sort of tempered with the mania enough that I can keep making millions of people laugh. Um, and so that would be a big part of my story. Obviously. Yeah, no kidding. And, That's crazy you went through I, that, man. Yeah. But I think for authenticity's sake, it's like maybe Mike Judge, I think, but I doubt it would be commercially successful. Um, cause he does better in the television space, I think, because it's a, it's a larger, you can create a, a wider world. There's a good um, fit there though. I see why you would say that. And Spielberg has the more biopic feel down, but Michael Bay, I mean, and you guys have that relationship too. I, I would just like to see you leverage that ask with Michael Bay for like the world's best sex tape. Cause he <laughs> created that yeah. whole genre, just like an action pack, <laughs> intense and explosive yeah. with a memorable score. It, yeah. And he's so, he's so crazy to work with, but I, I would yell at him. I would just come at, I would come right back at him. And so, and he really, really, really thinks I'm funny and he is very funny. And so I think he also likes that. I recognize that. Um, I mean, he's a good dude. You know, he's just a good dude. It's just when you wield 300 people and three and $500 million, 
there, it's that's very difficult. And so different people try and they have different techniques from doing that. And he's kind of like more militant than like Spielberg, who's a little more like Gandhi. You know, it's okay. like very different types of leaders. That's interesting. But both yeah. of them are good. We're we're happy there was Gandhi, but we're also happy there was General Patton. Right. You, kind of, you need you need, need both, both. For history yeah. to progress. Yeah, you got to have all those things. So I, yeah, it would be really interesting with Bay, and I think he also. I would love the opportunity for him to do something that's more like nuanced in sentimentality. Yeah. And have a little more substance. Because he has sentimental moments in his films, obviously, because you have to. Um, yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, did you guys see Steven Spielberg's uh, biopic that he did of himself? The Fablemans from this last year. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Did you guys see it? I did see that. I thought that was lovely. I thought it was the la- the the final frame, the final moment in the film is like maybe the one of the best of all of cinema. Really? Um, yeah, it's just amazing. It's like the fact that he did that, and then the end of the movie is that thing that sort of explains everything, and suddenly you're like out of it's yeah, you just it's amazing. Are you, you know, talking about the meeting where he goes into the office and talks? Yeah, exactly. His name? Okay. With David yes. Lynch. yes yeah. Okay. And but but that and then when he comes out of there, I mean, I'm not going to ruin it for people who haven't seen it, but he sort of walks out of there and they do something with the camera that is just like one of the most brilliant things that I've ever seen in cinema, really. And it. and it helps. I think it helps. Um, yeah, you should definitely see it. I think it helps that I know him a little bit and like Kate knows him also. Um, but he can fucking do it all. You know, I mean, that movie is un- unbelievably sweet and sentimental. He did Schindler's List. He did so he can literally do anything. Yeah. So I think I would I would probably do with him sort of being a commercial artist, and I think he's really good at like he's good at presenting the softness of people even when they have terrible terrible things happening to them and have to undergo terrible terrible stressors. Right. He can sort of really like slice through and say, no, this is this, this, this person is like this. That's I, true. I want you to see the humanity Schindler's of this list person. is a perfect example of that. That's exactly. That's, and that's exactly what I was thinking about is, you know, you just, you watch the world assault a person and try and destroy them and tear them down. And against all odds, they just kind of keep going and try and bear their soul and continue to be kind and retain their humanity. And so I think that would be, something that he does really really well and i think it's you know it's just it's very interesting that's an interesting question because people always say if there could be a movie about your life who would you have play you in the movie right and i always think i think that's the dumbest fucking question you could ever it is so superficial it is so dumb and there's only two types of answers one where it's like well i really would like a handsome guy to do it or another one where it's like, wouldn't this be hilarious if this person did it? But it's like, who cares about casting? Yeah, you it's not cut, about that. You cut through, you cut through and said, who, which filmmaker would you collaborate show the story. with? Story. Yeah, and and that's really interesting. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. And I think that I, it's because you're also talking to me like I am as like a filmmaker because I I would be you'd be like you said like making a film with Michael Bay. Because I also would write that. Like my whole life, my dream was to become a uh, a filmmaker. 
where I wrote and started my own films, but I didn't direct them. And then a stand-up comic right. who like performed all over the country, I guess the world. And that's like what's happening for me right now. And so it's a really special time in my life. I guess what I'm saying is something's really crunchy right now. <laughs> yes, DJ. Living your crunchiest so life. Living your crunchiest you. life. And oh my God, that's hilarious. Do you guys say that? Living your crunchiest life. We absolutely we do. do. Every and single episode. I am unashamed to say that is exactly what we say around here. <laughs> and we also tell people to be crunchy to one another. And I do appreciate yeah. the compliment. I want to keep it crunchy. Let's talk about peanut butter. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> God. DJ, that the, the three of us that transition smack. blew my dick off. <laughs> Oh, the uh, I wrote it down, but here we go. I'm not uh, to find my dick after the three of us. Go to the hospital, get some crunchy peanut jar last night. I mean, we yeah. killed half a jar of this toffee crispy nut in one sitting. That's the best one. It was awesome. Uh, no kidding. Sure was. When you send me the recommendations, uh, give me your address to send, and I'll send you guys like a couple of each kind and then some of the hot sauce also because you got to try them all they're good for different reasons and different people like them we'll be you know, at the show on reasons. saturday you sell this for merch don't do you know oh i'll just give them to you that's well, right we'll I'll pick up some anyway because we need all of this I yeah because I, yeah, I want some extreme so gangster good. as well yeah i gotta get yeah into that. that's the hot sauce so i have uh, my own line of hot sauce because i love hot sauce and i met this guy when i was recording mucinex and um it, you know, it was it was really, really interesting because um, he was like an audio engineer and I went in and but it was it was in a barn in his farm where I recorded. And after the session, he's like, man, that was really funny. And I was like, oh, thanks. And he's like, no, 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 like, like you made it funny. Like it was a commercial, but it was like it was like it was funny. <laughs> I was like, thank you, man. Yeah, that's like what I try and do. And he goes, do you like hot sauce? <laughs> And I was like, okay, that's an interesting like change of subject. That's cool. But yes, I actually I love love hot sauce. It's like my I, I have a passion for it. Because I make hot sauce. Do you want to see my pepper farm? Like all my pepper patches? I said, yeah. And so he showed me all of those and I loved it so much. And we exchanged numbers. And every so often he would send me a bottle of his hot sauce to, to get my opinion of it, to test it out. So he would do these like small batch runs. And see what people liked and if they you know if everybody liked it then he would like package it and sell it and then one day this is years later so we kind of became friends he's like would you ever want to collaborate on a hot sauce and i said oh yeah definitely are you <laughs> yes. kidding but i had never thought about that and so we kind of got together and i have three different flavors i have um chipotle smoke which is sort of mm. smoky and i love the chipotle taste but those sauces are never hot. They're just like sauces. And so this has got some heat to okay. it, some like actual Good. heat. But it's the least hot of the three. And then the middle one is extreme gangster heat. <laughs> or as you guys would know it, uh, extreme crunchiness. Oh. Extreme crunching. <laughs> now I understand. Extreme crunching. Extreme yeah. crunching. Extremely crunchy heat. And so um, or and that one's your in habanero. Phoenix. Exactly. That's kind of your habanero everyday hot sauce, but it's got really good flavor and good heat, and it's not vinegary like Tabasco. Okay, it's just good. that's just not a part of the equation. Nice. Good. You know, See, I'm not, not about the that. biggest fan of Tabasco, so I feel like I'm gonna like this so much better. Yeah, I think you will. It has its place, Tabasco does. Yeah, and it's very American, but it's not a very high quality hot sauce. 
And so, um, and then the last one is called uh, fucking intense ghost pepper type shit, oh. uh, which is always fun to promote on morning television. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have to bleep myself out. I'm just like, and this one's called intense ghost pepper type. And, 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 yeah, I, I know what I'm doing. And, uh, and that one's great. It's super hot, but it's not like a gimmick. Like a, uh, Stevo has a hot sauce and it's sort of just fucking hot. It's like not even enjoyable. Hot. No. Yeah, I don't think it's really about that. And um, and so I my hot sauce is like the, you get the ghost pepper flavor. Like ghost pepper is usually just used for the heat because it's so hot, but it actually has a great flavor. Like Carolina Reaper doesn't really have a great flavor. And then uh, my buddy likes Scotch Bonnet a lot, and I haven't really like looked into that. Um, but I love the ghost pepper flavor. So this is just—it's for—it's fucking intense, but it's very flavorful. And all those are available on Amazon.com uh, and on my website. TJ Miller does not have a website.com. And then, strangely, <laughs> and that, that guy lives in Indiana. And then, strangely, I connected with this other family in Indiana, and they make peanut butter and it started as their kids did it start a small business like in quotes as like a school project like everybody had to start it and they started a peanut butter company and uh and so and it's called be happy peanut butter and my buddy who has the hot sauce he's got a bunch more uh great uh, flavors and he's scoville brothers hot sauce oh wow. and and so um the be happy peanut butter family I was like, dude, I'm a huge peanut butter fan and I have a line of hot sauce. Is it, would it be possible for you guys to collaborate with me on peanut butter? And they're like, yeah, of course. And they were fans. That was really cool. And we, I talked to them and I worked on all these different ideas. And the one that was my dream would be peanut butter, banana, and honey yeah exactly so it's sort of a peanut butter spread that has bananas in it oh. and honey mm. and then chocolate you know would also be ideal so it'd be like almost a reese's peanut butter banana honey sandwich feel and at one point i was like what if we put like breadcrumbs in there you know and so they're talking about that but the problem is there's no way to do the bananas Shelf-stable banana product, yeah. It's not. It's just not possible. So then I was like, well, what about banana chips? And it was so funny because they tried so many of these things. He goes, banana chips don't really taste like bananas. And I was like, really? And then I thought about it, and it's true. <laughs> like dried banana chips don't really taste like bananas. They don't yeah. taste good, really. And so I had to abandon that idea. So we kept like going and figuring stuff out. And we kind of did... We sort of did spins on the amount of things in flavors that they were sort of doing. And um, and so there's uh, cherry chocolate, which is real dried cherries, uh, honey roasted peanuts and milk chocolate. And that's amazing. It's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with chocolate. It's fucking incredible. And then dark chocolate coconut. Uh, that is almonds and it's really, really good. Um, and the ladies love it. So fellas, if you're looking for a Father's Day present for your lady, yeah. get on Amazon.com ASAP and give them the belated gift that they'll cherish for about 
two and a half days because they're gonna <laughs> fucking kill that shit. Yeah. And then my favorite is toffee crispy, which is toffee, milk chocolate, and rice krispies. Uh, and it's just so good. It's, it's good. So amazing. And these are peanut butters you kind of just eat out of the jar. People will be like, what do you put it on? It always reminds me of this time I was at a cheese shop in our like local grocery store in Manhattan. And I go to the ground, I'm like, so what should you eat? This? I got all these nice cheeses. I'm like, so what do you eat these on? Do you eat them on celery? Or like, is cucumber better than a cracker? Like, would you use like a Triscuit for this one? She just looks at me and she goes, have you ever just tried just eating the cheese? <laughs> it's like, no, I guess I haven't. And she was kind of like, because it's fucking incredible cheese. Just eat the cheese. So that's, that's what uh, these peanut butters are like for sure. But they're great. And you got to. If you guys, uh, to everyone listening, you got to just try it. I mean, once you try it, you're going to go crazy and you're going to want to buy them all. But I would start, if you want to start with cherry chocolate or toffee crispy, but if you like coconut, dark chocolate coconut is amazing. That was the one we made for Kate. And she really likes coconut. So it has like more, it's very coconut. I think is what I should say. Do y'all ever incorporate the peanut dark butter into the bedroom? Yeah. Where? Oh my god! <laughs> this is getting awfully racy. Uh, I mean, I had to Yeah, I it's do. Delicious. Listen, it's delicious. I can't help. My brain goes to it. Hey, hey, hey! It's 2023, okay? Um, and so I want you guys to use the correct pronoun. But yes, sometimes I will go into the bedroom with a little bit of the dark chocolate coconut and just spread it all over Kate's dick, yeah. all over Kate's, and then. I will become the woman that she always wanted me to be a man. So it's a very non-binary experience, and uh, I just love doing it. You know, it's my oh, favorite thing. I love thing. that so much. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, the answer is yes. And now we all know that my husband has a penis, <laughs> and he's actually my wife, and I consider vaginas to be penises because they can be whatever they want to be. That's quite that's very they're, they're versatile yeah. yes that's very <laughs> they're very versatile um so yeah i think it's really funny i'm like i want to be like the paul newman of comedy that'd be so funny yeah <laughs> yes. I, the next thing i'm doing this is true the next thing i'm doing i'm just trying to figure it out is um pickles pickles so please i have a guy who did uh i have a guy in uh california um, named the pickle dude and he does pickles and the problem is he's super farm sand so he really wants them he doesn't use like preservatives as much mm. so they kind of really have to be um, refrigerated but i think i want to come to my show and like just have like like 10 jars of pickles <laughs> you can buy best with pickles i mean it's a good route That's to go it. People do get I obsessed pickles, with pickles. So yeah, much. there is a crowd for that. I uh, I eat pick I eat peanut butter with pickles. I've done that. What? Before. Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> now I have to try. Yeah, try it. It. Don't I'm... knock until you try. I know. It. Exactly. I have to try it, but I'm like. A Which, if your confused. peanut butters goes best with cucumber? Yes. Pickle. Uh, dark chocolate coconut. Dark chocolate coconut. Mm. Easy. Gotcha. Yeah. With cucumber, fresh cucumber. 
Blair, do you have any follow-up questions about the bedroom and the cucumber? <laughs> yeah. Anything I'll, else you want to know? You know I'm thinking things, but I'll just Blair wants to, to know myself. if you've taken any pickles into the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what happened. We put the cucumber in my vagina and we wait for like two or three months. <laughs> it turns into a pickle. Hey, did you have to say that? <laughs> Could have left it unsaid. <laughs> you could have you could have left it crunchy. You could have yeah. left it crunchy. It's more crunch it for your cumber. It's more, it's more crunch for your cumber. Any of the three of you only like smooth peanut butter? Oh, I love crunchy. Yeah, I could go either way. I've gotten weird as I've gotten older, like extra crunch. On me. a sandwich, creamy. On anything else, crunchy. Okay. It does interesting. I, like I, I don't usually think about the the sandwich aspect of it. I exclusively eat crunchy peanut butter. Exclusively crunchy. Only eat, exclusively. I think people that only eat smooth peanut butter are not prepared for the challenges they'll face in their life. <laughs> live life on the edge with crunchy. <laughs> yeah, live live life crunchy. Yeah. I don't have to tell you guys that. Yeah. You're rocking it with these right now. Bring <laughs> it on the crunch. <laughs> That is awesome. And there hadn't been any real innovation in the peanut butter game in like forever. No. We, we only had the two brands and those two brands offered crunchy and not crunchy. Nutella came along and yeah. broke all the rules, but it kind of plateaued after that. It's nice so, to see yeah. someone take the reins and really get into the craft peanut butter. TPD yeah, I mean, and J. Get, get after, yeah, peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter. Peanut butter. Yeah. You got to get my, get my cherry chocolate, okay? Because it's, don't buy me that goober shit. <laughs> that sucker's fucking jelly and what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> Bastardizing it. I go in a grocery store, I urinate all over that. that entire <laughs> section. Well, TJ, we like to play a game on every episode in our Crunchtastic R&D department came up with something tastefully inappropriate for you. The adult entertainment industry loves to parody popular movies and TV shows. And when you have a filmography like yours, there's some overlap. If you'll indulge us, I'd like to throw out a few titles and you tell us if it's a real porn parody or made up. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's so fun. <laughs> you guys really keep it crunchy. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right. We're going to start nice and easy. Ready, player, fun. You're here on the crunch, crunch time. It's crunch time with the crunch bunch. <laughs> We're crunching it up, crunch dog style. Non-stop crunch with the non-stop crunch bunch. This is the crunch we hour. We got a double crunch block, back-to-back crunches. It's the crunch bunch. <laughs> the crunch bunch. Ooh, I we don't hate that. Stop for a crunch lunch. Don't hate uh, that. Stop for lunch okay, with the crunch ready, bunch. Ready, player, fun. Ready, player, fun. Ready, player, fun. Real or fake porn fake. parody? Fake. Fake. That was real. Ready Player Fun is real and fun for the whole fam. <laughs> is it? I, I, was, I was looking for a Ready Player One porn parody, and that was what popped up. Very strange. Family-friendly porn parody? Is it? <laughs> it's not real. Is it real or not? It is real, but it's not fun for the whole fam. <laughs> that was a lot. Oh, I see. That's funny. That's wow, funny. geez. I can't believe it that Ready Player Fun. Weird I'm going to look these up. You gotta, no. Fact check us here. <laughs> All right, next one. Yeah. Bedpool. Bedpool has got to be real. It's got to be real. Like, that was fake. What? That was made up. Made up. What? Bedpool. That you was made good. that up? Made that up. Like, why are you so good at that? That's great. You're good at this yeah. game. That's like, great. I know. Bedpool, that's amazing. All right. Okay. How to drain your dragon. <laughs> 
please be real. I, I want it to be real. <laughs> we all want it. We all want it to be real. <laughs> and that was fake, actually. Uh, no really? real How to Drain Your Dragon. It's sitting right there, and it comes with a ready-to-made sequel, How to Drain Two Dragons. It's just it's sitting right there for the taking. <laughs> Ready to be made. <laughs> all <right>. Wow. <laughs> I I absolutely love that. <laughs> How about get him in the Greek? <laughs> in the Greek. In the Greek. Uh, I think that's fake. That is correct. He's got one there. He's on the board. Okay. How about the goods get hard, stay hard? <laughs> I wish, but no, that's fake. That was a good one. That's a good one. He's on a roll now. <laughs> He's picking it up. Okay. I'd watch that. Cock of ages. <laughs> That's gotta be real, right? Hundred yeah. percent real. He's getting it. <laughs> these are these are good. <laughs> just, yeah. You said that, and I was like, "What movie was I in?" It would have been cock of. I was like, "Oh, rock of." <laughs> See, you gotta work off your own filmography. You're like, "Yeah, what is cock of ages?" <laughs> yeah, that's how many I things did I've that. Been. All right, go ahead. Seeking a friend to bone like it's the end of the world. No. <laughs> Tyler loves I mean, it. It's one of my favorite movies. Tyler loves it. Tyler's in it. Tyler's in it. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler wrote the script and he's in it. That was his dream. I he played your part. Uh, that's got to be, that's fake, right? That is fake. Correct. Oh. He's on fire. <laughs> All right. Genital extract. <laughs> I know that's not real, but I'm going to say it is. Because <laughs> you, I'll take the, you had it right that it was fake. He was like, I know it's not real. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I know it's not real, but I'll take the loss on that one. It's so good. My brain went to a lot of different places when you said that. Yeah, genital extract. Yeah, what are you extracting <laughs> about? Yeah, there's All a right, lot I don't to think, I, I don't think Ready Player Fun, I don't think is a real porn. That was I real. Found a Reddit, I found a Reddit thread. <laughs> You backslash immersive porn, okay? <laughs> and and I want to tell you guys something. It's not safe for work. It's Ready Player Fun, the world of adult VR games. And you know what it says right below that? What? Be the first to comment. Nobody is responding. Nobody cares. That's how unreal it is. There's a re there's a Reddit thread that nobody has commented on. Um, <laughs> Where did you? Where will you send me? I love that. He needs yes. your fact check. Yes, he we, doesn't believe you. We we can we Don't can send you, you these. Achieve. We have a few more on the list here too. We could send you those. No problem. Okay. That was really uh -oh, fun. Guess Th what? Thank you for doing that. What? No, that was so it's fun. On Jay Wild. It is on porn. I bet. I'm exactly looking at it right now. At. Blair on is yeah, halfway through ready. ready Player Fun right now. I'm all the way through it, and, it's, and Ready right. Player and Two is starting. This one next. is Ready Player Two. Jaywild.com. Okay, I stand corrected. Hey. There was another one as well, but um, the, the, the name wasn't corrected. good. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> this chick, this is not a porn. This is just this girl reading from the book <laughs> what if it gets wild after the hey, that's, not... just, that's just how it starts yeah, you, that's gotta, the warm you gotta wait for the big twist that's just the first act no, I, you know, I found my way through the entire 25 minute movie <laughs> <laughs> I know how to sift through pretty quickly so ready player fun is not that fun is what you're saying <laughs> 
Ready Player Two. What is, what is Ready better. Player Five? I like that's where the good. I like how we're critiquing some of these right here. You did say the they game. were five star. <laughs> yeah. Just made them. I love, I love also that Blair was like, Blair's like, I want Pornhub right now. <laughs> looking for it. Blair, I hate when yeah, you make me like, yeah, she, pull up the hub. Blair's two knuckles <laughs> deep on Pornhub over here. <laughs> pull up the hub. Yeah, that's fun. You and your sister is like, I'm on Pornhub <laughs> right now. Yeah. Like, uh -oh. So it makes it a fun dynamic. At least my husband's in the room as well. Yeah. A little bit better. That does help. Jesus God. <laughs> um, that's pretty amazing. All right. Well, I didn't really find Ready Player Fun, so I guess you should include that with all of the uh, the the, uh, the recommendations you have for what to do in Phoenix. I can't wait to go to this guy's... Uh, can't wait to go to this guy's pizza place. I'm so excited. Yeah, you got to check out the pizza place. I mean, you, you've been to Phoenix before. Any places that you particularly yeah. like to sweat around here? <laughs> well, here's the thing. That's part of the reason that I am playing this club downtown, because usually I'm in Scottsdale, and I don't really go into Phoenix. Because so I'm just up there working, and there's like a little kind of cool outdoor downtown thing. Um, and I also, they, they own a speakeasy and a breakfast bar and they kind of have everything you need there but i got to get into the phoenix of, of it all man got to get into the phoenix i want to know all about it speakeasies have really made a comeback now they're, I love they're popping everywhere. up everywhere there's a few around town everybody loves speakeasies the cocktail culture is coming back which i'm excited about yeah i like cocktails a... more than i like beer I yes think, so agree about that what's your favorite cocktail i love anything with egg whites in it Anything with egg? I was not expecting you to say that. Not the yum, yum, expecting. yum. It's breakfast. Let's get shit-faced. <laughs> no yolks, please. I'm watching my cholesterol. Hold the yolks. Make it a double. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> we just had the same joke at the yeah. same time. Now we're joke friends. We have the same name, too. I mean, we look now alike. Now we're joke friends. Now we're yoke it, it is weird. You, you do have some ties to Tyler. Not only is he also a TJ, you even kind of weirdly look alike. You're part like, of his combo. Like he could he could be part of like your like a cousin of yours or something. Yeah. It's strange. Bloodlined. You think so? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Similar. We're the Millers. It's possible. <laughs> your father had sex with my mother. Probably, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> yeah, that could I wouldn't be. put it past. I. I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> We've had surprise siblings and people come up, so you never know yeah. what's going to happen. I know we got to get you out of here soon. Before we let you go, uh, you mentioned Dear Jonah, and that's the YouTube comedy special that you had come out a few months back. That turned out to be a really unique set, and it has a really touching story behind it. Tell us about how the special got its name and how it evolved into what was released. I, I looked up something crunchy Tyler <laughs> and it's not quite, I don't think it's you. Unless you look like Tyler, the creator eating French toast crunch. That's not, that's not <laughs> <him. Yeah. laughs> um, Tyler, the creator and I might have some resemblance. Yeah. There's something <laughs> going on there. It's try Tyler Dressler, right? Tyler Dressel. Yeah. Dressel. Yep. There's also a U.S. swimmer that's with the same name. That's not me. Is he crunchy? He is pretty crunchy. He is pretty crunchy. Very. It is. Are you on LinkedIn? That's the most important thing. Yep, I am. You are. All right. Yeah, we do kind of look similar. Kind of. That yeah. LinkedIn picture is kind of old. But you decided That's one? okay. But yeah, our but teeth are the same. There's a little similarities. 
people have come yeah, up to I mean, me and say, you know who you look like? And I'm like, Prince William. They're like, nope, TJ Miller. Go, oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my awesome. God. That's, dude, that's hilarious because people used to say that about me. But now, just like you, people come to me and they're like, did anybody ever tell you you look like TJ Miller? <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, yeah. actually a lot. Actually, once or like, twice. I mean, you look, you look a lot. I'm like, no. I, I look more like TJ Miller than anybody else in the world. Okay? <laughs> I look exactly like TJ Miller. <laughs> what do you uh, say? That? Uh, yeah, the, it was it was really fascinating. I was going to do a um, pandemic special, which would have ended up kind of being boring. I was going to call it the pandemic special because I had all this uh, material from the pandemic, and the pandemic's kind of over. So I was like, well, I better get a special out of it and then kind of move on from it. And people didn't want to hear about the pandemic anymore um, at all. And so I set out to do a special with using that material. And I went to Nashville, Tennessee, um, because that club in Nashville, Zanies, is really fun. And I also went there because it's a great audience. And I had a really funny idea for the background. That was, uh, like was the, great. The, like the set, yeah, like the stage. All set. the different names from um, uh, like yeah, made-up names of comedy names. clubs. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it's just like, you know, the chuckle bucket and like... <laughs> Um, uncomfortable silences and crickets and <laughs> the ass hat. Just, it's really Cricket. funny. I mean, that makes me laugh so much. And so, Blair, like you said, crickets. I think that's the most clever of all. Of them. It and got me. Um, so, so I, uh, so I, you know, I went there to do that, and I just wasn't looking to. Um, I just wasn't looking to like riff with the audience like it was just important for me to get this out there and with any special you're really looking for just one audience that becomes the like the base of the special like the groundwork right um and then you'll cherry pick and drop in stuff from other shows it's a little bit better so i went into first show it didn't go well because i was like too aware of the cameras that's for show friday then late show friday <laughs> I went out there and I started doing my jokes and the audience second show Friday, which is usually a disaster was amazing. They were so fucking incredible. It was like amazing. And, um, and so, uh, and just then my mind wandered to Mario Lopez and what a fucking asshole he is. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> okay. Fuck Slater. So, um, yeah, there's like so three or four times was, a day that I just yeah. blank because of Mario Lopez being an asshole. Totally. Yeah, yeah, it happens, <laughs> happens all the time. It happens literally all the time. So, um, so I, uh, so I get out there and I start doing this late show Friday. It's amazing. Immediately, the audience is incredible. I'm like, I've got it. I found it. It's perfect. And then some fucking asshole in the front row starts heckling me. And I'm like, okay, just ignore him and it'll go away. He's just, he's just drunk. It's his Friday second show, but he's the only And the guy keeps heckling me, but it's weird heckling. Like he must be so drunk that he's like, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And it's like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I've done that. And I'm just like, oh my God. So then finally I'm like, all right, I guess I got to deal with this guy. So I asked him about his cargo pants and he goes in this really long, uh, really kind of sweet explanation of why he wears cargo pants, but he doesn't keep anything in the pockets, but he likes them. He likes the way they feel. So it's cargo pants. That's why he wears cargo pants all the time. And it's immediately clear to me and everyone else in the room that he is not drunk at all. He's like developmentally challenged. Oh, okay. And so, 
And so it was really a moment where the audience was like, what is TJ going to do? It's going to happen here. Like, yeah. is, he, is he going to make fun of this kid? Is he going to just move? They like, what is he going to do? And I just say, to the audience, they're like, I want you guys to know that I am not going to make fun of this guy at all. <laughs> and they just exploded with Aww. applause and Erupted. laughter. It was a and, great reaction. Yeah, totally. Because they were great. like, oh, it was, it was a tension release. It was so interesting. But then he's like such a sweet kid. And it was really funny. So then I like interacted with him again. And then he kind of interacted with me. And slowly he becomes sort of intertwined with the entire show to the point where he has the funniest line in the special and the closer has to do with him. And at one point I do it one bit that's like just for him and like directed at him because I just knew he would love it. And it ends up being this special that is somehow like really funny, but also really beautiful and kind of touching. Yeah. And so it's really weird. And like, He's coming to my show at the end of the year. I'm so excited to talk to him about what he thinks about it. Oh, and, awesome. Yeah, and then his high school counselor watched it and went on and um, and left a comment that said that she started crying at the end. It was, it's just so fun because I sort of lift him up to be the star of the night and he doesn't like really want to and everything. And he's so, it's just such a great special. And I really encourage people to watch it in its entirety. It's not long. It's like 47 minutes. Um, but the real problem is people say, oh, I saw Dear Jonah. And I'm like, really? What did you think? Was it great? And like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what did you think of that part where this, this happened? He's like, oh, uh, I just saw a clip, you know, where you interact with that kid. <laughs> and so everybody's kind of just watching clips now. And I get it. Like, I have friends, like, uh, Big Day Okerson, I like haven't even finished his special. Um, and then it took me like a month to get through Ari Shafir's special. Um, just because you just don't have time for anything. Right. Everything else is something that needs to be done or needs to be watched. That's why this. those digestible clips so, are really helpful though, because you you know, you kind of piece it all together and have seen it. Well, that's the thing. I'm gonna cut a special out of the philosophy circus and a special out of the general giant, but I I'm probably just going to take the clips of each of the bits and put them online now. You should. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like you should as, as I, yeah, as I finish, as I finish them, I'm just going to put them online because it's so hard to like get anybody to sit and watch an entire hour of something. And that's frustrating because, you know, you produce these specials and in my case, there are six, seven cameras, six operators, lighting design all, you know all this stuff goes into this and it ends up that people you know aren't going to really make their way through the entire thing and you've sort of crafted the but it doesn't matter i mean that's just kind of the way it is now and the gentle giant is going to be interesting philosophy circus has like juggling and like an audience member plays the trombone and there's more <laughs> terrible ventriloquism and then it's also like you know philosophy stuff about life and time and death and everything and then the gentle giant is really just stories about me about kind of my life and things that you know funny stories and the time i accidentally did heroin and the time i accidentally did cocaine and which everyone's like that's not possible um, <laughs> what did you fall over into a pile of cocaine you just trip and you're like ah! um, right up my nose but, but so yeah right 
Uh, Blair, killing it. My favorite <laughs> three, for sure, without a doubt. Tyler, not too far behind. Uh, I know. So, Sorry. Step it I, up. I, um, so, I, uh, um, so I'm excited because, you know, that special is more of sort of showing people who I am, which I think is really important. And that I am, like, I started off as a comic. And just a lot of people don't know that I'm a stand-up comic. And that's been a really weirdly challenging thing. The people come to my show and they go, oh, my God, you know, I saw you knew you from movies and stuff, but you're actually really funny. I'm like, yeah, I know. You don't <laughs> have to say actually I'm pretty. You can say, yeah, you can just say I, I was funny. But it's true that I sort of, I've, America knows me very much as just an actor and voiceover television and film. Not anymore. But, I don't think so. No, no, you know, you're, you're, listen, you're right. Now they understand it more, but more of this content is going to be really helpful. For sure. And I think it's going to be helpful to release this Spokane special, the San Francisco special, and uh, the Springfield, Missouri special, the Crowdwork special, because there's that too. Like that's a, you know, that's a big part of it too so all these facets and all this stuff so i'm i'm really excited because it's sort of a new era and i realized too that i i fucking my joke is that i wasted 10 i told mark norman i'm like oh god man i think i wasted 10 years of my life acting i don't know how i'm gonna be able to catch up with the stand-up and he was like no nah, you were still doing seth man you were all you always up always around um but it, it is it's like i i've only been a full-time stand-up for like five years and that's including the pandemic so really only three and a half years um and although i was doing stand-up all the way through and touring all the time and doing sets that's what was really tough it's when i was uh when i was filming silicon valley i would finish a 14-hour day then go right out and do one or two shows wow then hang out and talk about the shows and then get back home at whatever midnight or something and have to get up at 5 a.m to go to call and i was doing that for every single night because that's just my work ethic and so what happened was some of the people you know it's just i would show up exhausted and still kind of be able to get the job done you know and i think some people on the set resented that or thought that i didn't want to be there or didn't care about the job and it was quite the opposite it's just i was also trying to maintain you know my growth as a stand-up comic and, and doing stand-up comedy. Because everyone has seen you in Silicon Valley and all these different movies, it does help bring people in to see and learn about yeah. you as being a stand-up. So I think one helps the other. Yeah, one hand washes the other foot. That's right. <laughs> it's all like that. I, I feel badly for keeping you long. I really do appreciate your time. Oh, this Thank has you been for being great. So generous with your time. It. Oh, you guys are great. I mean, you know, sometimes these things are so fucking painful. Uh-oh. Uh, but I checked out your stuff beforehand and it's just like, I don't know. You guys are very funny and you're, it's filled with whimsy and you say, you know, like I said, I, I love people who kind of don't give a fuck enough that it's, it's, it ain't nothing but a good time. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, nice. that's, that's from the movie cock of ages. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I right, that line. So it's been it's been a really crunchy time. I guess that's what I'm oh, saying. TK, that's awesome. You have been Ma- absolutely amazing. makes our day seriously. And, and we'll be a Saturday show. Please let us know if you need anything while you're in town. I'm not going to hit up that merch table. Okay, hard. guys, thank you so much. It's been great. Marijuana. Likewise, thank um, you so much. Thank you so much, marijuana. <laughs> no problem, TJ. I got you. Uh, stick around and say hello afterwards, and let's have a drink. This Absolutely, is really fun. I love that. But Would I want to see your two beautiful faces and the one that looks like mine. Yes. <laughs> we'll be there. Can't wait. All right, guys. We will Saturday. be there. Thank you. Bye. See ya. Sounds good. Bye, TJ. Bye. Bye. Not stop crunch much on crunch lunch. <laughs> <laughs> We had to let him go, but TJ will be here Friday, June 23rd and Saturday the 24th at Stand Up Live in Phoenix. Tickets are still available at phoenix.standuplive.com, but they are going fast. Don't forget to check out Cashing In with TJ Miller, a very funny podcast available on all listening platforms. Follow Not TJ Miller on TikTok and stay well informed on what he's up to at TJ Miller does not have a website.com. That's where you can find all the peanut butter, hot sauce, tour news, links for all of his good shit. That was awesome. He's exactly how you would want him to be. Yeah. There's... He likes to bring fun to people, make people happy, put a smile on your face. And yeah. that's what he did for us. That's We're all sitting here with the biggest <laughs> smiles. And what a just like a feel-good guy. My favorite part of the interview is talking about the directors and the Michael Bay sex tape. Oh. And <laughs> I just really think that that would be the, like if you had a Steven Spielberg biopic, but just in the middle, cut to Michael Bay sex tape. It's going to be shot beautifully. Action packed. Getting all the angles you really want. <laughs> 3D loads shooting over shoulders. The close up exactly. shots. Exactly. Yes. More. I want the like high budget, lots of effects, Wilhelm screams. I want to feel the Wilhelm <laughs> 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 scream. Wilhelm scream right at the climax. <laughs> I'm about to. Cock of ages. Oh, he loved that. So good. He loved that because he has to go through his own filmography and kind of figure it out for the clues. Player, what is it? Player one. Ready Player Fun. Ready Player Fun. He, he didn't he, believe. No, he was already. He was on it. He was watching. He was. He just didn't see uh-huh. any like. He fast forwarded through all twenty five minutes. He just needed more action. It was more of like a never ending story kind of a deal. It's like a girl reading a book. <laughs> he was not the first guest to request getting sent the list of real and fake porn parodies after <laughs> yeah. playing that game. But he was the first to like fact checked while in the middle of doing I it. Love not that. even going to wait until I'm done recording. Like I'm jumping on right now. No, I was like, I need to see. He was having a good time with you guys as well. Oh, I love it. So yeah, we'll go have a drink with TJ after the show on Saturday. That's going to be awesome. Mom's going to love that. I was going to say, we we didn't even tell him that we're bringing the shoosh. We're bringing the best laugh in Phoenix to to your show. West of the Mississippi. I mean, we go go see most all of the comedians that come through, especially if we hadn't seen them before. We make an effort to go and see all the good shows that come into town. And we've been consistent about that for a long time. But every year or two, we bring in the mom just to get her out of the house and so she didn't have to babysit. She gets to come and get some laughs too. She brings the laugh. She does. She does. And TJ, we bring her to shows that we feel like we're going to get like 100% laughs. Well, I'm treating at the merch table. I need cherry chocolate peanut butter. I want hot sauce. Tyler I want the and I hot need sauce to for sure. With all the things. Well, we need like a extreme gangster for here in the studio. I mean, obviously. And I could 
finish off this toffee nut, <laughs> toffee nut crisp real You're quick. Tub of crisp. Got a crack full of toffee nut. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keister the chocolate cherry over here. <laughs> New Dream Car giveaway over at 8080. In addition to the 15% off you get for using code CRUNCHY, every dollar you spend gets you entered in for a chance to win a brand new Lamborghini plus $60,000 in cash. You do not want to miss out. Nor do you want to forget to check out somethingcrunchy.com where you'll find every episode or links with social media and the Almighty Crunch Store where you'll find all kinds of crunchy gear showing that you are a proud citizen of Crunch Nation. Join us every Friday night at 10 o'clock on 97.3 The Rattler or find us wherever you get your podcast. This has been another episode of Something Crunchy. And as always, don't ever forget to live your crunchiest life and be crunchy to one another. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and all that crunchy good shit. All episodes can be found at somethingcrunchy.com and on all podcast platforms. Thank you for listening. Hello, is something crunchy? (laughs) Something crunchy in here or is it just me? (laughs) Hi guys, how are you? Awesome, doing great. Really good, Blake. This is it, man. Um, well, hello, Blair. So this is really a family affair. This is a family yep. affair. Yes. Sorry, guys. So there's a there's a young fellow that wasn't able to get into the hotel, so I had to let him in, and that kind of bothered me because I was just about to say it's a family affair, but it's not fucking family, <laughs> fucking friendly. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't do that because he wasn't able to go through the door. So, <laughs> he fucked up my timing on that joke. Piece of shit. I was checking out your 420 episode, and that was pretty, pretty fucking fun, actually. Oh, nice. man. Really oh, you. I guess what I'm saying is something's really crunchy right now. Yes, <laughs> DJ. Blair's like, I want Pornhub right now. Currently. <laughs> Looking for it. Blair, I hate when you yeah, make me like yeah, pull up the hub. Like, well, here's two knuckles <laughs> deep on Pornhub over here. <laughs> pull up the hub.